In the rapidly changing world, healthcare needs are constantly evolving and clinicians need to find new ways to deliver care. And often the best way to do that is by looking back. Without Marie Curie, there would be no pioneering improvements to medical imaging today. If Edward Jenner didn't inoculate a 13-year-old with cowpox, there wouldn't even be a space for Professor Ian Fraser's cervical cancer vaccine. Our clinicians are standing on the shoulders of those who came before them, learning, growing and advancing. Hindsight isn't 2020. It's our future. As budgets tighten and the burden on the health system increases, local services need to be creative in finding new ways to deliver care. But what's the key to success in this rapidly changing environment? Improving services to meet the specific needs of their local community. Changing needs as the Toowoomba Hospital went digital meant more acute areas were required. With that, the subacute rehabilitation unit saw the opportunity to relocate and drastically change the way they provide care. We had to vacate our, our ward in the acute hospital and subacute was the only patient ward that we could safely relocate for uh, that patient subtype. So rehab was chosen to move. The aim of this was it gave us a great opportunity to set up a, a unit with a, uh, to look at a social, supportive and creative environment targeted at best outcomes for uh, subacute patients. We wanted to move away from the hospital-style environment and um, focus on a wellness model. We wanted to improve uh, patient and staff experiences and we wanted to focus on um, improving rehab and GEMS programs and looking at increased access and outcomes. So we wanted to look at uh, right place, right setting, right care. The situation prior to relocating was we had a 31-bed rehab ward located in the acute hospital. It was made up of a mixed um, patient cohort of acute and subacute patients. This really uh, affected the uh, delivery of our Rehab GEMS programs because a lot of the time was spent on competing priorities looking after acute patients. There was a waiting list for patients to get onto rehab due to bed pressures um, being taken up with acute patients and the environment was not conducive to success. We had no views, we didn't have a night outdoor or communal area and there was a high cost to run this ward because we had a lot of outlawed patients. We had patients requiring one-to-one -one specials for challenging behaviours and this resulted in staff fatigue, burnout, dissatisfaction with managing these difficult patients. And the ward wasn't functioning as a true rehab, and so we were seeing very suboptimal outcomes. So we located a ward over at our Bailey Henderson Hospital site, and that's located seven kilometres away from the acute hospital. We refurbished this ward to meet the rehab requirements. We moved in January 2019, so we've had a fair while to see how the outcomes have worked. And the ward is now 26 beds, and it's totally subacute, looking at GEMS and rehab patient types. The environment is, we've got a communal lounge now, we've got a dining area, we've got great outdoors areas with views. 
We've got a fully multidisciplinary team located on site providing dedicated targeted care to these patients. We developed, we obviously had to develop a lot of policy procedures specific to meet legislation and care requirements for a ward located external to the acute hospital. And we've got two gyms that are located in the ward to provide this, the, the needs. Outcomes to date, we've had a marked increase in staff satisfaction and that's been evidenced through our Best Practice Australia Culture Survey. We've had, to we've had a decrease in nurse sensitive indicators by 41%. We've got more time to meet the Rehab GEMS program requirements leading to better patient outcomes. We've got increased patient satisfaction. We, we receive frequent fantastic feedback from patients and families. We've had cost efficiencies realised across many areas of operation. We've got 100% snapping to the correct patient type under rehabs and gems, some maintenance. Environmental improvements, we've got mainly single rooms now with en-suites. We've got an enriched environment, so we've got a social lounge and dining space. We've got outdoor areas including gardens. We've got music and other diversional and social activities occurring. And we've got views and natural light and it's fully air-conditioned. The average length of stay is also within benchmarks. We're also seeing that patients are forming friendships and supporting each other. We've got patients spending more time away from the bedside in, a com in the communal areas. We've implemented a wellness model, so patients are made to mobilise out for meals. Where they also go out to the lounge and gym for therapies and also social events. The patients dress in civilian clothes in the day, they're not allowed to be in their pyjamas. A number of intake uh, on the rehab gyms program have increased. We've got access to a kitchen on site at Bailey Henderson Hospital, so that can assist in ADLs. We've got decreased complaints, increased compliments. And we also implemented what we call a companionship program, which is tailored to improve the social and emotional wellbeing of our patients, fully volunteer-led. And they do things with the patients, like arts and crafts, uh, music uh, therapy, dancing, believe it or not, <laughs> men's activities, woodwork gardening and animal therapy. This one here just shows we brought some horses in and this was really instrumental with patients off the land, some of the, the uh, men in there. Their reaction was priceless. We've had cost savings across many areas and as you can see, I won't go through the numbers, you can read those for yourselves, but looking at December, uh, January, December 18 to the same time January, December 19, we've had cost savings in nursing labour, clinical surprise pharmacy and pathology, just to um, show some, nearly half a million just in nursing labour alone. This shows that we've had a decrease in our nurse hours per patient day from 6.75 hours to 4.9 hours. So that's a 27.4% reduction due to the patient type mainly. We're still meeting nurse patient ratios of one to four, even though we're not a regulated ward under subacute. So you can see the AMPM is a one nurse to 3.7 patients and night duty is one to 6.5. We've seen a change to our skill mix requirement because they're subacute, so we don't need to have as many RNs as we were. So we've, we've, this is just showing across that time the increase in ENs to RNs. We virtually have no agency nurses. We have a few, but very, very few. And the reason for this is largely because we've got a, a stable environment. We've, we've reduced our, our sick leave because of our increased staff satisfaction. And we've got, um, and people come to work, basically. We've got a decrease in one-to-one -one specials since relocation. The blue line is prior to relocation for a year and the post, uh, the orange line is post. So we had a blip in October, but we've virtually been having seeing no one-to-one -one specials. Our staff satisfaction survey has markedly increased. So in 2017, in the rehab unit, we had a culture of reaction. Now in 2019, we've got a culture of ambition. 
We've also seen that the engagement cycle in 217 was 35%, in 219 it was 50%, and our disengagement staff was 22% in 217 and is now 5%. So that's a huge improvement. This is the exciting one. No sensitive indicators. So from uh, an average number of per month pr uh, prior and post relocation, so medication errors went from 21 down to 11, falls went from 17 to 9, and pressure injuries 12 to 6. I think the most important thing to note on the pressure injuries is that these are a combination of uh, hospital-acquired and present on admission. The majority of these six are present on admission. We went 121 days with no pressure injuries reported on our synergy boards. And since moving, we only, we've only reported three stage two in the, in the whole year we've been over there. Uh, we have had stage three, but they've come in with those. I'd just like to point out that subacute patient cohorts thrive in non-acute environments and we're off-site with out-of-site results. Thanks. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.